Few things in the cruising world are more exciting than a whole new class of ships. And for us, it's especially exciting because less than a month from this recording, we'll be sailing on just such a vessel. Celebrity Cruises is days away from debuting the new ship they've been working on with innovative features designed to connect passengers to the sea and redefine some of cruising's experiences. I'm Rick Ross. And I'm Billy Hirsch. We're previewing Celebrity Edge on this episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. As we record this podcast, Celebrity Edge is actually on her way to Port Everglades, her new home port, her first home port. Uh, She left the shipyard in Europe a couple days early because of some inclement weather that's on the way. So she's taking this time on her transatlantic crossing to to really put the finishing touches on everything. The crew, I'm sure despite having no passengers, is working really hard to make sure that everything is perfect for her arrival here in South Florida. And, And it better be perfect because there are a lot of people like us very excited to see the the ship and, and everything that is just completely different about Celebrity Edge and this whole class of ship. Um, so, so I think it's appropriate that we start off by talking about what makes, at its core, what makes this ship, Celebrity Edge, different than anything that we've seen before. One of the themes that Celebrity has brought to the design of the ship is the environment, whether that's connecting with the sea or being environmentally friendly. Uh, There are a lot of lightweight materials used in the production of The Edge, uh, some energy efficient lighting, both in the cabins and in the public spaces, and also a way to show how the ship itself was constructed with one area of the ship composed of the exposed steelwork with no decoration on top of it. One of the critical differences of Celebrity Edge uh, from other ships is the way the structure is composed. So if you've ever been in a balcony stateroom on another ship, you'll notice as you go from the stateroom to the balcony, there's about an inch, inch and a half tall hump that the door slides in. Well, that's because the outside wall of the ship, the hull, is the structural wall. That's not how Edge has been designed. Edge has been designed with a structural spine, and that opens up uh, some new possibilities in terms of stateroom design. And, and Billy, what can you tell us about how the how that structural difference gives a celebrity some latitude when it comes to designing a stateroom? So perhaps the, the one of the things that we've heard the most about uh, when it comes to Celebrity Edge, not just in the in the cruise world, but even you know just in uh, in major news publications, are the infinite veranda staterooms. So traditionally, because the superstructure of the ship was what held it together and gave it its rigidity, you really had a lot of restrictions there. Just like um, in in a home, your doorways are you know, the loads are distributed across doorways and they're a very rigid part of the home. That's why in an earthquake, you go to doorways, right? So mm-hmm. on uh, on Celebrity Edge, their infinite veranda staterooms are completely different in that you just have a, a giant kind of opening in the side. The uh, your, your veranda does not, um, it's not a traditional veranda in that it can be enclosed in glass and allow you to extend the overall size of your stateroom or you can kind of roll this top window down 
and use it as more of a traditional um, stateroom design. There's actually there's also uh, weight concerns, and there's a lot of engineering that goes into this. But yeah, having that that uh, the rigidity uh, not dependent on the outside of the ship is key. That's also helpful in on a lot of modern ships. That concept can be helpful in expanding what you can do on certain areas of the ship. That's why uh, you'll notice modern even modern ship designs are very different. Uh, below a certain line and if you go to um, really much older ships you'll see there there used to not be verandas until you passed mm -hmm. the superstructure of a ship so going off a little bit of a tangent but the idea is uh, engineers uh, are are really liberated by this they they don't have to calculate the structural rigidity in nearly as much um, when designing how a stateroom might empty out to the uh, to the outside so, so that's huge. There are also some uh, some new suites and things that uh, that may or may not be involved with that engineering feat, but the, that are certainly different. So the Edge Villas, um, it, that's a, a particular. I don't know if it's a single class, but a a type of stateroom that they have kind of reminds me of the loft suites that we see on some Royal Caribbean ships. These are two stories. I think they start out at nine hundred and fifty square feet. Um, but really some great floor to ceiling views across two stories. Uh, and much like throughout uh, other parts of the ship, a lot of greenery that, you know, plants we see in some of the renderings, we'll see what they actually look like in person. Uh, but again, the, the fact that they don't have to worry about some of these uh, structural constraints while also staying true to this goal that they have of bringing you closer to the ocean. Um, th that's a big thing. So on an upcoming sailing that we have, and that's one of the things that we want to talk about uh, in, after we get done with the ship, we're going to be enjoying these infinite veranda staterooms. So we'll talk about that more in a, in a moment. Uh, beyond that, however, inside the staterooms, there is more technology than we've seen on any ship yet. Now, Princess has done some impressive things with their uh, their Ocean Medallion project, and we're seeing Royal Caribbean do some interesting things. Carnival, we just talked about on the on the site the other day that they are looking to make pizza delivery a thing to wherever you are on the ship. So technologies, everyone's working on technology, but I'll tell you, some of the comforts that we're becoming quickly accustomed to uh, in at home and even in, in upscale hotel rooms hadn't visited ships yet. For example, when I, I noticed this when I was checking in just the other day uh, on, on Celebrity's new app, you can actually control the, the air conditioning, the curtains, electronic curtains, the lighting in your stateroom, and you can unlock your door all with your smartphone. So mm -hmm. that kind of thing is, I think it's partially because, you know, cruise lines, celebrity in this case, they want to show off as much new technology as they can. They want to make things as convenient for guests as possible, but they're also maybe trying to get a little bit ahead of the curve in bringing new expectations to see, you know, as we, as we get used to things on land, in turn, we, we expect them on vacation as well. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. It goes beyond the staterooms, though. There is technology and engineering, um, really, that, that passes that. Something I'm looking forward to with that uh, is the way that wall between the stateroom and the, the balcony or the veranda completely retracts. It's like a French door, bifold door into the side of the wall. And that's going to be automated as well. That's push-button control. And then that outer wall that's glass, also push-button, where it can either be a half wall and you basically got a balcony 
or push a button, it becomes a complete glass wall. And then you've really like enclosed that veranda and you get additional space in your stateroom. And there's some value to that. Yeah, I realize that a lot of this is hard to describe, um, you know, us talking about it. You can see some renderings over at cruisehabit.com. We've got a lot of edge content over there and we'll put links in the show notes. But uh, I guess if I was going to describe this in maybe a not exciting way so that you could uh, imagine it just from hearing us describe what these edge verandas are like, imagine when you walk into a store uh, or a bank perhaps, and there's an initial uh, initial like entranceway uh, airlock, as I sometimes call it, where you say you have two sets of doors. You're going to have one set of doors that take you from your stateroom to this other area. And depending on if that other, uh, not really door, but like a sliding window is open or not, that other area is either just part of your stateroom or is your veranda. The word you're looking for there is vestibule. I was going to say that, and then I, I, I don't know. I grew up uh, in in South Florida. I went. Am I going to yeah. use that right? Because that's what I call it when, yeah. like, uh, I'm in you know New York and it's snowing and the vestibule is where it's muddy. That's a that's a vestibule. No, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's a good function for it. Uh, I'm I'm also really looking forward to these edge villas. Not that I'm think I'll get to stay in one anytime soon, but that floor to ceiling, really floor to ceiling glass that's two stories tall, and they have some kind of um, private swimming area or something. I'm not sure if it's a hot tub or if it's a plunge pool or what they're calling it, but you, you get your own, uh, with the, uh, with the edge villa. As, as one would expect. I mean, I, I yeah, think I mean, if it's, it's a short period of time before, uh, Rick and I both refused to cruise without our own, uh, our own swimming accommodations. I think we're like three lottery wins away from that. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say two, but that's that's uh, mostly because I'm not planning on living as long. So, you know, I'm just uh, oh. going to spend it quicker. <laughs> so are we are we set to move on to some of the other features of the ship outside of the uh, of the room? Uh, yeah, yeah, because the technology in um, both both uh, we'll say electronic technology, if that makes sense, uh, but sure. also just in, in terms of engineering and the real feats of engineering does not stop there. There's a part of the ship, and and Rick, uh, I've been droning on for a while now. Why don't you tell us about uh, some parts of the ship that are really special and and bring utility too? Oh yeah, so the one of them that you've probably seen in the renderings is there's this large platform cantilevered over the side of the ship. It's painted bright orange, and the track that it runs on is also painted bright orange. So they're calling this the magic carpet. And this platform can uh, position can be positioned in four different levels. So it can go all the way to the very top of its track, and that's where they'll be serving some dinner uh, there and do some special events that way. It can come down to deck 15, and then it's like an extension of the pool deck there. It can come down to deck five, and then it's an extension of their Raw on Five restaurant, and you get some outdoor seating with that. Uh, but then one of the really... Um, unique uh, ways that it's going to be used is it can be lowered to deck two and that puts it just a little bit above the sea and at that point you've got a platform for transferring over to tender ships uh, so you can get into or tender boats rather so you can get into ports that other ships might not be able to get into and you've got a real easy way to get people on and off the ship uh, i think one of the things that celebrity has looked at with the whole experience uh, of cruising is where are the places in cruising that are really not that nice uh, or uh, there's some I, I think the word they tend to use is friction or uh, friction points for this and that led them to the development of the destination gateway so if you you've been on a cruise and you've gone through the process of exiting the ship 
uh, you've probably gone through an undecorated hallway, metal detectors, nothing real special. It's nothing at all like the rest of the ship. Celebrity is changing this. Uh, the destination gateway is going to be a lounge type area where you can get information about the the ports that you'll be visiting. And it can be a gathering place as people wait for, say, the next tender boat or wait for the rest of your party to come down and, and you're ready to get off to uh, port. And this is important. I love the way that you explained it, Rick, because it's it's removing a, a point of friction. It's uh, and and celebrity to be to be frank is not the the first company to look at things in this way. We've seen a trend over the last uh, couple of years where cruise lines say, okay, cruising is great. Anyone who takes a cruise for the most part says, I had a great time. I loved my cruise. But there are some pain points. Pain points have been check in. Uh, the, the the logistics of check-in, but also just the facilities. And what do we see now? We see NCL, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, Carnival, Princess, all building up really beautiful new terminals, right? Uh, and that's true of Terminal 25, where Celebrity Edge will be. We're going to be some of the first people to see the inside of that building, that other than the people that built it, I guess. So that's going to be exciting too. And, uh, and then past that, they said, okay, well, once you're on the cruise, uh, getting on and off can be easy unless you're at a tender port. People don't love tendering. There have been a couple ships in the past, such as uh, mm-hmm. the Norway, that carried their own tenders. And that was more convenient than lifeboats, which is what most ships do, or um, or boats that are just uh, rented, I guess, borrowed, you know, like a, a third-party service in certain ports, Grand Cayman, that's common. Uh, however, it still is a little bit tricky to load and unload. It's still less than comfortable. You might get, if it's raining, you might get wet. You might get some sea spray. It bounces around a lot. The seats are uncomfortable. With the edge launches, there's going to be eight of these edge launches that uh, that Celebrity Edge will carry. They're their own tenders, and it's not just, okay, that's great. They're their own. This means several things. One, it means the experience can really be uh, optimized, we'll say, for stepping on and off of the magic carpet from uh, when it's at Destination Gateway. Um, I, I keep comparing this, and we'll see how real realistic this is when, when we see it in just a couple weeks, but uh, to Vaporetto stations in Venice. You have you step uh, onto like a floating platform, and then you go from there onto the Vaporetto. Um, and while the magic carpet will not be floating, well, it'll be attached to the ship that's floating, um, you know, so it's not exactly the same, but it's that idea of, you know, a, a stepping stone. And th- they'll have, uh, you want to hopefully as large of a, an area to step over and things like that. And once you get on to these edge launches, um, you will have much more space uh, for yourself. You'll have nice bucket seats, uh, not these uh, fiberglass molded, really tiny um, benches that they that they have on lifeboats. Uh, and there's going to be room for about 132 people um, when these are used as launches. Now, these also can be used as lifeboats, because, which just makes sense. You have vessels, you have seaworthy vessels on there, and, and the capacity will be a lot higher than 223 passengers when used as a lifeboat. That's important to think about. That means they're really looking to make this as comfortable as possible. These things are enclosed, have comfortable seats, should be easier to get on and off of, and because they're a bit larger, should also mean that uh, it will um, somewhat reduce the occurrences of um, tender ports having to be skipped over due to inclement weather. But, you know, that can, of course, still happen. But they're, they're removing some of the friction from that tendering process. And I think that's uh, that's really important. I'm, oddly, I'm disappointed on our first cruise that we're not going to be at a tender port. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Like, could we somehow go to Grand Cayman so that I can check this out? Because I, I really want to experience this aspect that celebrity is changing in terms of going from ship 
to tender boat. Um, yeah, I've, I've gone on tenders before and yeah, they're not bad, but they're really looking to make this, uh, an experience that's on the same level as the rest of the ship. And, and that, Im- that impresses me. I, I j- this is just a completely random thought. This is not going to happen on our cruise. I don't want to set unrealistic expectations for listeners <laughs> or, or, uh, or, or us, but, uh, imagine if we got to Nassau on our preview cruise. And they said, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, well, I'm not getting off in Nassau because even if they love Nassau, Nassau, I will defend, has some actually awesome things to do. Um, but, you know, everyone's going to want to stay on the ship. Imagine if they said, we've decided we're, we're not berthing there. We're going to tender. <laughs> Imagine just it would be the highest percentage of people ever getting off of a brand new ship on one of its very first sailings to go into Nassau ever because everyone would want to tender. <laughs> So oh, if, you're li- if, if you're listening, uh, celebrity, I'm just throwing out an idea, just throwing it out there, throw it right back. So, well, well, we'll you see. know, there's, there's also a sea day, uh, no reason they can't just give people tours of the tender drive them around the ship a few times. You need to be in some sort of, back. you need to be near a landmass though. You really doing that in open waters is less than ideal. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I still might give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> one of the other things that I've noticed while looking at the deck plans of the Celebrity Edge, is, uh, it's a feature that I have not seen on any other deck plan, and that is there are some ramps with that transition from one deck up to the other. These are mostly in the aft area. I think I've seen one uh, that goes from like the top deck to the next deck down uh, in kind of like the, what they're calling the resort area, but also within uh, Eden, the restaurant that's taking up the aft portion of the ship. And if you look, it's the the glass enclosed. Uh, there's kind of like a Dali-esque glass sculpture on the back. And that's uh, there's a ramp inside. And I think, Billy, you were saying with the renderings that you were seeing, it uh, looked like there's not, not even a railing or something. I don't know. I'm, I so want to check that out and see what they do, if that's going to be part of the show that they've got going on in Eden. And that's not really for passengers or what? That's the story with the with the ramps. I've never seen. Yeah, um, I've seen in the renderings. They they seem to have passengers on those those ramps in Eden. I'm specifically talking about like up on deck. I'm sure. Yeah, that's how people get from one deck to another. But in Eden, uh, in the renderings, they show people walking there, and I get the impression from a lot of things on the ship that there are there are going to be spaces that they want people to experience. Not because that they not because they necessarily have utility, but to take in uh, different views, to take in the experience from different angles, and and to really move about the ship. That philosophy of being able to explore different parts of the ship and, and experience things in different ways really seems like it was is very much planned from the beginning. I, I can't actually remember a time that I saw a ship planned and designed where. Uh, there were there were so many uh, big names in the cruise industry and in the design world that that were so hands on, giving us constant updates and, and teases, of course, for marketing uh, as well. And I know Rick, that's something you've been following along with. Yeah, the uh, the main person is of course the CEO of uh, Celebrity Cruises, and that's Lisa Lutoff Perlo. Uh, she's been with Celebrity for a, for quite a while. Uh, she was not the CEO at the time of the debut of the Solstice line, but she was very involved in that. Uh, also, the uh, Solsticization of the Millennium Clash ship, she was involved in that. Um, she's taken the the design team through 
a facility that they have in South Florida where they can render the ship in virtual reality and wear headsets and actually move through the space. So as these designers create something, they can live it almost uh, like the passenger is going to. Uh, members of the design team also include uh, designer Kelly Hoppen, who is pretty famous throughout uh, Britain and, and Australia. She's done a lot of projects throughout the world. She's been recognized for her interior design as a uh, master of the most excellent uh, order of the British Empire. Uh, she's even famous enough within Britain that she got a cameo in the absolutely fabulous movie. And uh, I watched that. <laughs> I watched that movie, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Hey, that's Kelly Hoppen. I totally know her from Celebrity Edge stuff." But outside of that, I I wouldn't have known her. I believe that's um, our second AbFab reference in this podcast after only six episodes. <laughs> well, I think the first one was still absolutely fabulous. Her her cameo. Her cameo. Movie, still still all counts. Right. <laughs> um, just as a side note for for what Kelly Hoppen has done here with design. Uh, so. Uh, my dentist's office is built in a, a converted home. So when you walk in the front door of the office, you, it's a living room. And in the living room is the receptionist. And like one of the former bedrooms is where you get your teeth cleaned and all of that. And one of the former bedrooms is uh, where the dentist does her work. Uh, but she, my dentist recently had her office redecorated. And it looks, whoever her designer was, took a page straight out of the Kelly Hoppin playbook it looks exactly like the things we have seen for celebrity edge so i guess maybe i've gotten a little preview of it the last time i went to get my teeth cleaned well, um, for, for, i'll tell you for me uh i think my dentist uh, skipped the the middleman in that process because after what i've recently paid for some work i'm pretty sure he plans on living uh in one of those suites that we we're just discussing on celebrity edge <laughs> uh certainly able to <laughs> Well, but it was very much uh, some cool whites, lots of, of bright blues, mirror, steel. I, I think this is uh, the way design is going, and um, it was it was quite beautiful. Uh, another person who's on that team is architect Tom Wright. He's done a lot of the uh, outdoor spaces, like uh, we'll, something we'll talk about soon, like the retreat and the resort deck, uh, including the... Um, there's a, a mirror sculpture at one side of the pool, and he's responsible for that. Uh, these uh, two people, Kelly Hoppen and, and Tom Wright, generally don't get in front of the camera a lot and talk to the public about design. Uh, and that's why design ambassador Nate Berkus, who was kind of brought to national attention by Oprah, uh, he has been dubbed the design ambassador. So I don't. my sense is that he hasn't done any of the design work. Rather, he's there to communicate what's going on with the design of the ship to the public. That is actually, when, when we're talking about these topics on the Cruise Habit podcast, that is Rick's job. Is <laughs> Rick communicates <laughs> these things because I'm not able to nearly as well as he is. Um, you know, but we, uh, you, you actually mentioned um, the, some of the, the colors and the, the temperature um, of the design. And it actually reminds me, looking in some of the renderings and reading about it, reminds me of what we're also expecting to see out of um, Oceana's uh, fleet refurb that, uh, that we mm, talked about on mm -hmm. the blog uh, just a couple months ago. And, you know, some of these things are universal trends, right? You can look at something. It doesn't matter who the designer was or what the country was. Sometimes you look at something, you go, that's very 70s. And some of that is just you know, the same reason is, is design trends. But there are really some uh, some particulars here that, that I find interesting. And when we look out to the outdoor space, because it's easy to make a, a venue 
uh, indoors uh, with, um, you know, colors that, that are maybe different than you would have expected, a feeling that's different than you would have expected. But when you look outdoors, uh, that can that can get a lot more interesting, requires some more creativity sometimes and uh, and is uh, presents paradigms that are perhaps more challenging to break. When we look at the retreat um, uh, retreat area, which in, includes the retreat pool, lounge, there's a, a sun deck, um, and even uh, and even a restaurant. So the retreat is this area that is part of the ship and a ship that we've seen many cruise lines work towards with sweet areas recently. Uh, NCL has the Haven. You have the Yacht Club on MSC. Those are really the two um, the two front runners, if you will, in the ship and a ship concept. And there's some really neat stuff stuff happening here in the retreat. So you have first off, you have the the sun deck provides a an almost 240 degree view of the front of the ship. Which as soon as I read about this and I saw the pictures, my mind immediately went to the yacht club on Seaside because that's their sun mm. deck is really the only place you can get a forward view of the ship, um, and it, it's a beautiful view. I, I wish more people could experience it. Um, so, so they've got that, and it, it's a big area. It's man, if I recall, it's uh, it's over ten thousand, yeah, thirteen thousand, I think, uh, square feet. Uh, that oh, wow. area. Um, so that's impressive because it's just for sweet guests. And then you have the the retreat pool and associated pool bar. And when you see these renderings, you see these colors with the 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 kind of um, the the light blues and gray and maybe uh, I, you know, it's hard to tell in renderings whether you're looking at stainless steel or, or slate in some cases. Uh, but with with accents and pillows that that really pop out a lot more. Very very pretty. But this this space I can see being gorgeous if you're if you're booked in any type of suite on Celebrity Edge. It's going to be a neat place to enjoy some quirky things too with with covered day beds and and little pods that you can swing in or maybe maybe they're designed not to swing because you're on a ship. I don't know. Um, then you have um, the uh, then you have Lumine, which is the the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, just for sweet guests. And and this is not something new to not only the cruise industry, but new to celebrity. They, they've had this uh, before, um, but this is going to be, uh, this is going to follow some of those design uh, design cues. And the, the menus are also going to be impressive. So it's not just visually. I mean, they've actually got uh, Cornelius, Cornelius Gallagher, who's a Michelin star, uh, I never know whether, it's, whether it's a starred or star rated chef. Um, coming up with uh, with the menu that is exclusive to that venue. So we see on some ships, you'll have different restaurants that's just a different venue. This is actually going to be different, different uh, chef, different everything. Uh, I like chef with a Michelin star. Chef with a Michelin star. Yeah. So... Send your send your emails to podcast at cruisehabit.com if you think there's a different way. Mr. Michelin, send us your thoughts. Uh, no, I, I bow to, uh, to Rick's better knowledge on uh, on this one. Um, also uh, of note, uh, martini glass hot tubs. We've seen renderings of that in a couple new ships coming out uh, from various lines. Uh, kind of a kind of a cool feature oh there's a much bigger uh, pool on the resort deck. Um, I, I, I will say that I have seen on some ships where they'll have a resort sun deck area and then a pool and it's like more like a square hot tub. It's rather small, but they're, they're promising uh, a sizable pool. And uh, I'll, I'll round it out with this because um, it's very topical and I think important, honestly. They, they mentioned, they talk about the beverageware 
being uh, uh, being plastic. And that's because one, cruise lines don't want glass on open decks and pools because dangerous. But uh, I think we'll probably also see them get into more reusable and uh, less single-use plastic like straws and stuff like that because that's been a trend. Uh, yeah, single-use uh, is the word of 2018. That it, uh, there's some dictionary group that that designates a yeah, word yeah. as like a word that's come onto the scene. Is it, it Merriam-Webster that does the that? word for 2018? Is it really? Are you just are you calling mm-hmm. this early? Okay, I I did no, not no, know they, that. No, no, they've they've called it. Yeah. Single use, hopefully not what you're thinking about this podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, in addition to the resort deck uh, on the after the ship, there's going to be the rooftop garden, and I, I view this as like an evolution of the lawn club. Yes, I, I thought the lawn club was a great idea, but in practice, you really can't have a ship full of people walking across grass. So when I was on, I know you have not yet been on a solstice class ship, Billy, but uh, when I was on the celebrity reflection, uh, it was sadly roped off. So there was this lawn area, but you couldn't really do anything with it. Uh, I think what celebrities done here is taken uh, the, what was the goal of the lawn club plus the kind of garden engineering in the central park area of an Oasis class ship from Royal Caribbean. And they've created this kind of garden space where there are going to be a lot of plants. You're just not walking on them. It looks like a really neat area. And, and I think the key here is, is utility. Um, th- listen, there are a lot of things we've talked about and some that we've not yet talked about on Celebrity Edge that I wonder about utility. And that's a risk anytime that you you really innovate. Is this neat or is this neat and useful? Um, and the Lawn Club was clearly neat but maybe not that practical or useful. So hopefully that pans out here, but we see that with plants in other parts of the ship as well. And that's something Celebrity has done before on the Solstice class, where each ship has like a different main suspended plant thing. Uh, there's probably a word for that. Um, <laughs> uh, but throughout the throughout the ship, and in, in Eden you see there are plants, uh, at the, the bar, I forgot what they're calling it, uh, library bar? So something like that, the herb library in Eden. There's actually uh, there's actually like an, a vertical herb garden there that they're um, mm-hmm. that they're getting things to to make drinks from. So this idea that a ship does not have to be void of of natural life and greenery is something that I think we're going to see throughout the ship. But the rooftop garden is where they really get to go all in there, and and that's going to be that's going to be cool. And I think it'll it'll maybe make the rooftop garden um, an area that whether whether i'm dining there or not is a space i like to be in um, because i like outdoor areas on ships that aren't just about uh, the pool for example um, on royal caribbean ships i'm a huge fan of their solariums uh, and, and on on celebrity ships in fairness but like oasis uh, oasis class royal caribbean ships not my favorite class of ship i enjoy sailing them it's just not my particular thing love the solarium uh introducing that kind of feel with um with innovative features could be very cool and uh and in fact uh, celebrity edge has a a, a solarium uh, as well yeah, this is an area I'm really excited to check out. The solarium on the Constellation and the solarium on the Reflection were, were two of my favorite areas on the ship because, um, well, I'm quite pale. So I like to be out to have the sun, but to be in direct sun exposure is not so good for me. So the solarium was an area where it was bright, uh, it was vibrant. There was a bar there. Uh, one of the features that they have is the spa cafe. And, and I, I have 
great memories of swinging by the spa cafe and getting something that was light to eat, interesting, and something that I didn't find in either the main dining rooms or in the buffet. Uh, so th what the solarium turns out to be on Celebrity Edge, I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, agreed. It's um, and, and I'll I'll echo your thoughts on the spa cafe um, being fantastic on on each celebrity ship that I've been on. Um, a nice, uh, it's it's not that I'm a huge health nut, but you know sometimes in the middle of the day you 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 want to relax. You don't want to feel like you need a nap just because you ate a quarter pound of cookie dough. Not that I did mm -hmm. that last night. I have a problem, and that probably gets us to a. a good place where we can start talking about dining on Celebrity Edge. Um, before we talk about the individual restaurants, I, I want to take a little bit, you guys know I'm obsessed sometimes with history, even recent industry history. More and more of these larger ships have multiple main dining rooms, not just specialty dining. And there are a couple reasons for this. One big one is that cruise lines are always looking to innovate, uh, especially around the dining experience. Cruising there's a lot of focus on dining. Cruise lines want to try different things. Some, some of them work, some of them don't. Well, celebrity sister company, Royal Caribbean, a number of years ago tried a concept on their Oasis-class ships called Dynamic Dining. They were going to have multiple main dining rooms, generally located in the same spot, but like different floors. And there, was, uh, there were going to be different themes, menus, and, uh, and decor. Well, Turns out guests didn't love this. It seems like maybe it just overcomplicated things a bit. It also had to do with how they were going to rotate through specialty restaurants, and it was a whole big thing. Didn't really work out. But now we still have on, not just on Royal Caribbean, other, other lines have tried similar things. We have multiple main dining rooms that, okay, that sounds neat. You say, oh, there, there are four, uh, four dining rooms you can choose from in the evening. However, often they're really the same thing. Maybe they change the, the colors of the chair covers or something like that, right? On Celebrity Edge, however, they've got uh, four main dining rooms that not only have different decor, a different feel to them overall, but in fact, the menus are at least 25% uh, different between uh, all four of them. That's something that I, I'm not familiar with that concept being tried before. It's something I'm excited to, uh, to learn more about. So Rick, uh, maybe you want to talk about with those individual uh, dining venues and, and what makes them different from one another. Sure. I just wanted to uh, tag in with the idea of the, the different dining rooms. I think, uh, I think you said Oasis, but I think it's really Quantum that did that first uh, on Royal Caribbean. And maybe it, maybe it was both, but I, I know for sure it was also on the quantum class. And what you said kind of reflects my experience on the Norwegian sky. When I went on that, they had uh, a forward dining room and an aft dining room. Uh, I don't know that the menus were any different. Um, so, but it's, and oddly on that one, one dining room, pink, the other one blue. But like you said, 25% uh, of, the, of the menu is unique to the venue. Actually, let me switch that around and say 75% of the menu is consistent throughout the dining rooms. That's going to be like the main dining room experience you know today, where the menu varies daily, but regardless of which restaurant you go to, these items will be available. The other 25% of the menu will be unique to the venue, and those, those will remain unchanged daily. They're focused on the cuisine that's particular to that venue, and those four are Cosmopolitan, which is an American, new American restaurant, Cyprus, which has a Mediterranean re uh, feel to the menu, Normandy, 
classical French, and Tuscan is an Italian restaurant. And uh, I'll add to this, not only do they each have a, a unique menu to them, they have a unique drink menu to each restaurant where they've got three, four specialty cocktails that are involved there. When it comes to the specialty dining that's going to be on Celebrity Edge, we've discussed a lot of this on our specialty dining episode, like Le Petit Chef and whatever Eden is going to be, and we're not really sure about that. Uh, Billy, you had expressed some interest in one of the specialty restaurants, Raw on Five. What was it that was drawing your attention to that? So to be honest, what I found and what I find interesting about Raw on Five is less the venue itself uh, it's just a trend. And, and as you mentioned, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to the episode we did on specialty dining in general, not just on edge. Um, the The idea of a seafood specialty restaurant is something that's somewhat new and we're seeing it on more and more ships. So I think if, if celebrity finds success here, I think that may really cement that as a type of specialty restaurant we that becomes somewhat standard. So that that's why I'm uh, finding that interesting. But really, there are so many uh, to to choose from here. Uh, we've got no shortage of options. That's a great way to put it. No shortage of options. So. That we're going to have everything we've seen pretty much on the other celebrity ships plus others. Eden Cafe is one that I'm particularly interested in trying out, not just Eden itself, but what else, what other food can can be had there. Uh, I guess that brings us to entertainment and what to do in in the nighttime. So they've got a brand new theater design where this one is not a classical theater, which you know, has the arch and everyone sitting in front. Uh, that's called a proscenium theater. It's not going to be like that. This one is a thrust stage where the stage goes out into the audience and it, this one's in a, it's almost a complete circle going into the, the theater. That, so it's kind of like a hybrid between a thrust stage and theater in the round. Uh, I'm really curious to see how they take advantage of this. It, it looks to me like the backdrop is also uh, nothing but LED screens. So you can get a lot of maybe imaginary effects and um, really quick uh, scene changes with that. It, it's very cool looking in the renderings. And it actually reminded me of uh, Rick. I think you and I sailed together on Millennium. Uh, it's a, a millennium class ship, certainly a number of years ago where it, it was when celebrity was first doing their own entertainment. And I remember mm -hmm. that during one of those shows, they built sort of an extension, if you will, where they really kind of came out into the audience. Now there were restrictions around the construction of the venue. So they couldn't, uh, they couldn't build a, a true thrust stage, which is, I think the first time I've used that word since, uh, like high school drama. Um, and I'm very proud to use it again. <laughs> so it's it, uh, one of the appealing things of that type of stage is sight lines. You can have the, the performers yes. much closer to a larger number of audience members with fewer obstructions. And that's something that's been a struggle, uh, much like we were talking about earlier, stateroom design and, you know, just the engineering constraints. That's something that's been a struggle in cruise ship theaters for a long time. So, uh, so hopefully that's something really special. And you mentioned the backdrops. I'll tell you on MSC Seaside, we, we were so impressed with a lot of things about their, their performances, their stage shows. One of them was that the background backgrounds were uh, created they had some set pieces, but many of them were created using high definition, uh, high range, very bright uh, projectors, and that mm. uh, that that really expands what you can do. You know, when space and weight is limited. You know, now that you talk about these projectors, the other place that I've seen this was on Harmony, 
where they use them in the ice skating show. And I thought that added a dimension that I had never seen before. Like when the floor, the ice skating rink cracks open and mm-hmm. now it's kind of like icebergs floating out in the water. That you, know, you couldn't do that with set pieces on a ship, but you sure can do it with projectors in a really um, immersive way. It's they're a big thing even on on land now we see it uh, on the the castle shows in the magic kingdom um, yeah for for those who don't know rick and i may may have a history of going on tangents about disney on podcasts as well so <laughs> um yeah I, I, that's that's what i always think of but yeah we're we're seeing those in a lot of places because they are just really powerful, add some some great options. Um, and we still have, the, of course, the talented performers themselves with these shows that uh, several years ago celebrities started doing where they, they really produce it and write it all in-house. It's not, uh, you're not just seeing mashups. You're seeing really unique performances that are, I'll be honest, sometimes really odd, but very cool in my opinion. So we've all... Uh- discussed Eden a lot. I think that's come up several times in this podcast and other podcasts that that we've done. Uh, a lot of question marks with that in terms of what it's going to be like as a as a dining and entertainment venue. Uh, looking at the app, uh, I'm seeing that they're advertising that there's going to be a sitar player at different times in Eden. Uh, there will be some kind of entertainment going on there after the restaurant portion has concluded. Uh, I really don't know what we're going to see there. And I, I think this is the eighth time I've said, I don't know what I'm going to see there, but it, it, I'm looking forward to it all. It, certainly more questions than answers with Eden. Um, not because I don't think it's because they've been reluctant to share. I think it's, we have nothing to compare this to. There is no paradigm. There is no precedent. Yeah. Um, so just very simply, even if they showed us videos from all different angles with great audio of some of these performances, there's still a question of like, where's the, um, where's the line of demarcation between a show and when it's a lounge that has a musical performance going on, for example, um, it, it's really, I'm excited. And, and maybe somebody that's been on a quantum class Royal Caribbean ship that's experienced 270 would have a slightly better idea because there's similar thing going on there. But, but I mean, you have entire meals, multi-course meals here as well. So very cool stuff. Eden is, is definitely one of the, the big highlights. I'm sure that that area will be um, overridden by people taking pictures on the first couple sailings uh, and 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 we'll we'll be we'll be two of those people i can't wait i can't wait uh one of the things they've also shown us is the atrium i think that's going to be set up for like some aerial silk acts um i'm not really sure what's going to go on there but it's also uh uh they're taking advantage of the fact that the atrium in the center of the ship is a gathering place for people and giving people a reason to gather there and something to see uh, while they are, are there. Uh, also with the rooftop garden, um, kind of, I think, a step up from Central Park in the Oasis class of Royal Caribbean. In that uh, setup, you've got two pathways that go around some skylights and the, uh, the rising tide bar. Uh, but rooftop garden is going to be more like a central plaza, and they're putting some kind of... Um, performance area there too yeah uh so so two things that i wanted to follow up on one with the atrium celebrity has in the past provided in my experience some great entertainment in the atrium a lot of cruise lines do this i personally like when it's somewhat passive i don't like a giant crowd gathering in the atrium it it always it seems kind of awkward for me when uh when this happens on some ships so we'll see what this is like i remember there was a great um 
It's like a uh, an acapella, not acapella group, but it, there were some vocalists I remember performing one time um, on a celebrity show up in the atrium, and, and I thought that was cool. Something that you can take in, really enjoy without a giant crowd developing. So we'll see what that's like. Rooftop garden, similar thing where I, I want to understand where the line of demarcation happens between we're hanging out here and like it's mealtime. And then I think he said something, and I, I'm just calling you out on this to be a jerk. I think he said around the rising tide bar. Rather than yes. uh, rather than magic carpet, is that what you meant to say? No, no, I'm I'm talking about on the Oasis class uh, ships in the Central Park, the pathways that go from one end of Central oh, Park. Oh, I other, see what you're saying. I was I was very confused. No, they divide around some skylights that open into the the promenade, which I guess is what's uh, directly below that, and then the rising tide bar that lifts up to that level, and then descends down to like what deck three deck or something like that you had me going through notes saying if i'd miss something turns out i'm just not a good listener um so so with uh with the entertainment with the dining entertainment and, and all of the things we've talked about the good news is that we don't have to wait much longer so as of this recording uh we've only got what maybe maybe a month something like that before we're going yeah. to be sailing and it's it's actually happening a little bit earlier than we'd planned because, well, the ship was ready ahead of time. And that's not something that happens all the time. In fact, they thought initially that she was going to be ready uh, even earlier. I was booked um, in sometime in November, and then they said, well, early, but not that early. <laughs> so uh, so that's how, uh, that's how we ended up. We're going to be sailing on December 6th, and that's... Um, you know, this it's going to be, we're, we're going to be some of the first people on the ship. It will be a new experience for everyone on board, uh, except, well, it, it, even including some of the people, I'm sure some of the crew members. Uh, and we're going to try and take in as much as we can, both for ourselves and to share with you guys. So uh, we have a little bit of a plan and we're going to see how much we can stick to it. Dining, of course, as we said, dining is a big topic on any cruise. So how are we going to tackle this? And Rick, believe you used the term divide and conquer. So Rick is going to be the the specialty dining guy, I think, on edge uh, for the most part, mm -hmm. because I will be back on in January for seven nights. So so Rick, what are the, um, I, I don't know if you, you have some stuff booked or if you're just going to see what availability is like as far as what you're going to uh, try and check out what your goals, what your aspirate, what you, uh, what you aspire to to visit in terms of dining at the, uh, on this cruise. My plan is to go to Cosmopolitan or maybe Cyprus on the first night, and then the second night I already have Eden booked, and then the third night, and this is just a three night sailing, and on the third and final night, uh, I've got um, Le Petit Chef at uh, the Grand Bistro. Uh, so that's the one with the table projection and uh, you know, I'm not sure what else. That's gonna be, I, I was shocked that you were able to get a reservation. I thought um, that would be, it's a smaller um, venue, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, an experience meant for a smaller number of people. Um, and I thought that that was just gonna immediately fill up and they're bringing some variant of that experience 
to other Royal Caribbean, sh- or Royal Caribbean, other celebrity ships, all other celebrity ships. And we actually talk about that in our Celebrity Revolution episode. You can check that out in addition to articles about Celebrity Revolution in the show notes where we talk about uh, the fleet revitalization that Celebrity is working on. So while Rick is enjoying uh, a number of specialty venues in addition to some of the main dining, uh, I think uh, Larissa and I will be primarily sticking to main dining, but also want to make sure that we check out. Uh, it's easy to forget all of the other places that you can get a bite to eat, um, including like Eden has a cafe area that I guess in the morning they're going to have breakfast. And I don't know that it's going to be like a, um, I think it'll probably just be light like pastries and stuff like that. But I want to make sure that we don't miss all of those smaller venues as well. Um, places, whether it's for a snack or a full meal, we talked about the, um, the cafe in the um, solarium. I forgot words for a moment. So uh, I think I'm going to go look into fill in the gaps and then just be terrifically jealous of Rick during that uh, until that January sailing when we get to try out those other venues. Um, bars, uh, I think we have a plan for, for making sure we check out uh, the bars. Um, is it, was that uh, drinking too much? Was that the plan? Uh, yeah, my plan is the premium drink package. That's uh, that's my plan for checking out all the bars. And for us, it r- remains to be seen what that damage will cause because I actually don't have a drink package on the sailing. Uh, Rick went with the uh, Go-, Go Best, which is a celebrity on, on many of their sailings. You can um, kind of increase the price of the fare, but it builds in a lot of things that are of higher value than the difference in the in the fare uh, in the fares. And that was, I don't think that was an option when I booked this. I, I really don't recall. So I'm going to be uh, going at this drink by drink. You're, you're right. It was not an option when you booked. Uh, a celebrity withdrew that as an option about two days after I booked my, after I made my booking. Uh, so as soon as they announced that these preview sailings were going to be available, um, I booked one. And... At that time, you could add in the perks. So I went up to all four perks, which for celebrity means you get a premium drink package, your gratuities are included, uh, you get uh, unlimited internet for two devices, and $150 of onboard credit per person for the stateroom. And that's how I'm able, that's what I'm using to pay for the two specialty dining experiences that I'm doing. Plus, we'll have some onboard credit left over. Uh, but yeah, you're you're right. That was withdrawn about two days after I made my booking. That's why we, we've talked about it before. When you see a sailing you want, book it immediately. <laughs> Odds mm-hmm. are the price is going up. Odds are the perks are going away. Uh, last time deals and things like that, they're a thing, but they're the exception and not the rule, especially when it's a brand new ship and a sailing that, uh, you know, an, an otherwise unplanned sailing. So that's our plan, divide and conquer for, for dining, hit all of the entertainment we can. We actually have planned our dining around some of the entertainment schedule so that we can see as much as possible. We'll be checking out those bars and just walking around the ship. Uh, there are many on, on any ship. There are many places that aren't, um, aren't I don't want to say aren't advertised, but um, you know may not seem as attractive when you're looking through the highlights, but just some great ships, uh, great places on ships for, for good views, great uh, service and and meeting uh, meeting other people that are excited to be on a brand new ship so that's uh that's our plan in in less than less than a month 
I wanted to say something about uh, the bars. Uh, one of my favorite bars on any uh, celebrity ship has been the Martini Bar, mm-hmm. the one with the kind of frosted countertop where yep. you can like write stuff on it, and then as it absorbs uh, water from the atmosphere and it freezes on there, it kind of like recoats itself in frost. I see on the deck plan there's going to be a Martini Bar. I wonder if they're going to bring that same kind of countertop uh, to to the Edge class. Um, I'm also seeing that they've got a space called the club and I'm really glad to see that because if there's any complaint that I had about, uh, the difference between the Norwegian Epic and the Norwegian escape is that the Epic had a nightclub ultra lounge area that, uh, is really one of my favorite venues on a ship. And that was missing from the Norwegian escape. Uh, so that, that kind of, uh, left a hole in my my nighttime activities and and i'm i'm happy to see that the celebrity has uh the club uh there in fact one of my one of my great memories of our trip on the constellation is spending uh time up in the i think they called it the reflections lounge or something like that um billy doesn't dance but his wife does so when we are on a cruise uh, i dance with billy's wife <laughs> and She's a fantastic dancer, and we have a great time. Sa- saves me the trouble of saying no. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I agree as far as the, the martini bar um, on other celebrity ships. I hope that not only do I hope it's the same kind of neat surface, but that tends to be on other celebrity ships where they put the bartenders that are all about— uh, um, you know, uh, bar flare and, you know, mm-hmm. s- spinning bottle or flipping bottles rather and neat tricks like that. So we'll see if that's the case though. I, it'll be, I don't know that it'll be the quote unquote mixologist bar as much as the bar in Eden, uh, which, uh, do you remember what that one's called? Uh, you know, I, dollars to donuts. It's probably the Eden Bar. <laughs> I, I I feel like there's something about the library and the herb wall there. We'll, we'll find out soon. Um, so, so anywho, there, there no shortage of venues for us to check out. But we realize there's probably we're only going to have so much time on this first sailing, and we want to we're going to have a podcast after we sail, talking all about it. We'll have lots of blog uh, blog posts on it, but we realize there's stuff that we might not be inclined to check out. So uh, we want you to tell us what you're looking forward to seeing on the edge. Send us an email podcast at cruisehabit.com and yeah, no promises, but we'll, uh, we'll try and catch, uh, catch the shows, the, the venues, all the nooks and crannies of the ship so that uh, you can be all the more excited for the cruise that I hope you have already booked because if not, it might be sold out. Yes, I don't know what to say to that except yeah, book it. I mean, it's it's a great ship. It's a totally new experience that is unmatched in cruising uh, today. Uh, so yeah, we'll have a whole bunch of articles, photos. Um, I've got the internet package, so we'll be live blogging, periscoping, perhaps if there's some good internet coverage there. Um, reviews of the specialty dining, any activities that are going on. Uh, looking forward to to writing about all of it and letting you know what exactly is going on on this ship. Keeping that communication bi-directional, we want to hear from you, and we'll report back to you. And uh, to that note, 
uh, I want to uh, I want to make sure that it is a complete path of communication. So we mention throughout the shows uh, different articles and things on the website, other episodes. Make sure you check the show notes out, cruisehabit.com slash podcast. You'll see there's a page for each episode. We'll have links there that you should check out. And we want to thank you for those of you who uh, who reach out either by email or by leaving us reviews. Um, we've got so many great reviews. It means the world to us. We are glad you like the podcast. And if you take the time to leave us a review, we want to take the time to thank you. So uh, so big thanks to Disney fan 2008 and number one Star Wars fan for recently leaving us reviews on iTunes. And I know some people listen through iTunes. Many, I can tell you by the numbers, many, many don't. However, if you would do us a favor, if you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes. That is the, uh, that's the best place to, that helps as far as helping us get the word out. Uh, when you leave us a review, whether it's just, uh, you know, clicking on the right number of stars, five is the right number, or, uh, you know, writing out, telling us what you like, what you'd like to hear, and frankly, what, you know, what you wish was different. We want to hear from you. We appreciate it. So again, thank you, Disney fan 2008 and number war, number one Star Wars fan. Uh, we'd also like to welcome everyone who is listening to the Cruise Habit podcast through Spotify. Spotify was the, the last big platform that uh, we added, uh, and we did that just recently. So if you're listening on Spotify, thank you. Uh, go back, listen to the other episodes. Um, if you're not sick of us yet, you know, spread it out, spread it out. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, subscribe to us on Spotify as well, so that uh, that'll help us get the word out. And uh, yeah, however you're listening, we appreciate it. If you do have a question for us, I know Billy just specifically mentioned about something we might want to do on the edge or what you might like for us to do on the edge. But really, any question you have for us, send us an email to podcast at cruisehabit.com and we'll see if we can get to it on a future episode. Thank you for listening. One more thing that I forgot to mention. In addition to our December 6th sailing on Celebrity Edge, I'll be back on Edge for seven nights on January 13th. And if you want to hang out, if you want to talk ship, I'd love to do that with you. So check out the show notes or just search on Facebook because I created a Celebrity Edge Facebook group for the January 13th sailing. Join it, join us, and I look forward to talking ship with you on board Celebrity Edge. Hi. This is Rich Triplett from Lakewood Ranch, Florida, a friend of CruiseHabit.com. Be sure to follow the CruiseHabit.com crew on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to the Cruise Habit podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. For the most entertaining and up-to-date cruise industry information, be part of the conversation. Don't miss their live broadcasts from ship and shore. Be sure to join the guys on the Periscope app. Just search Cruise Habit as one word. They'd love to talk ship with you real soon.